David and Christina Golding, a couple bound by love, commitment, and their shared fight against addiction, open their world to you, our listeners. You will come face to face with the harsh realities of David's addiction to alcohol, cocaine, and gambling. The grit of addiction against the glitter of their multi-millionaire lifestyle, the heart-wrenching arguments, the sleepless nights, the helpless despair, and the endless cycle of hope and disappointment that Christina lived through. This is not just their story, it's a journey many of us are forced to take. Together we can prevail one day at a time. Welcome to The Goldings Dot Show. My name is David, I'm an addict and an alcoholic. And my name's Christina, David's wife. And today's episode is called In the Madness. In the Madness means something to me. Why don't you try and describe what that means to you? Well, you you go first. Okay. I want to see what you say. <laughs> That's very clever. Yeah. Okay, In the Madness for, for us, what I mean by us, are people who uh, suffered from addiction. And when you're in active addiction... Being in the madness means in the throes of active addiction. So whether that's alcoholism, gambling addiction, drug addiction, um, in the madness. And that means that you're completely locked and besotted inside this crazy framework of life where nothing's really working out for you. You can't stop drinking. You can't stop taking drugs. And that's really the insanity of continuing to do something that's causing you and the people around that you love great pain. I think that for me is probably a reasonable definition of being in the madness. What about you? First thing I think of is consequences. Okay. When you were in the madness, I too lived in the madness. Mm. Because I had to do, I had to adapt because you became somebody else. Okay. You were completely different and you weren't nice. Mm. And I had to match up to you. I wasn't going to let you make me feel worse than I already did. It was about six months where I used to be blamed for things. Right. Because it's such a long time ago, I'm trying to remember how I felt, because you remember feelings, don't you? Yes. And I remember thinking, why has it taken me this long to get really hard with him? I keep saying the word hard, hardened. Now look, addiction's a sliding progressive disease. Yeah, it, it's, it's not overnight, is it? No, it's, it's classified in the DSM, which is American doctors and the British and lots of other countries use the DSM manual number five, you know, to classify diseases and the status of them. So inside there is called a disease. And I think lots of us have come to learn that alcoholism and, and addiction is a disease. But it's progressive. So it gets worse. You don't wake up one day and suddenly you're in the madness. It's a slow, slippery slide yeah. into the madness. Our first row. Correct. I was blamed. Mm -hmm. I might have been to blame. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. But I was blamed for everything. Mm. Yeah, you were. Well, hang on a minute. I'm not being blamed for this again mm. and again. And it could be something so simple, so small. And then towards the end, I felt like a warrior. <laughs> That's how I felt. You're not going to beat me. Yeah. Well, I used to joke that you were an Amazonian warrior. Smash your face in. That's what I used to say. Yeah, I used to say I'd smash your face in. That's how I felt. So in the madness, mm. I think I was as well. Yeah. Because I had to adapt to this new guy yeah. who had shades of loveliness. Mm. You're the kindest man I've ever known. And great dad, great stepdad mm. to the kids. Mm. But then this other person would come out. Mm. And my face didn't change. So you would come downstairs and I would say, morning. 
mm. like really formal, mm. like we're in a hotel and I was, you know, you made morning and you'd say hello and I'd, it would grate on me how you spoke to me in the morning. Right. You'd forgotten what you'd done the night before. You'd yeah. forgotten that we'd had a row. Right. That you'd thrown a glass of orange juice in my face, mm -hmm. for example. I remember doing that. And I would, at the time, have to refrain from getting a bigger, heavier object and launching it at your face. <laughs> because that's how I felt. Yeah, of I know course. It's, like, it's funny now, but at the time, I had a suit of armour and yeah. I had to put it on first thing in the morning to face you. Right. My thinking patterns were they, were, they would change from week to week mm -hmm. and then you would do something that was unforgivable. Yeah. Forgiving you now, it's, yeah. you're not that person anymore. Mm -hmm. But I'll not forget what no. you did. No, and, and the truth yeah. is I don't want you to forget. And that's one of the reasons that we're doing the podcast. It's a bit cathartic for us to talk about it, but it's also hopefully for other people to identify maybe with some of the stories, how we felt, what we did. You know, particularly I'm interested in how you coped with me because... I now can see how awful I was. You know, when I was in the madness, I'm quite oblivious to it. Uh, no, that's not quite true. It's not that I'm oblivious to the impact that I'm having. It's that I can't bloody stop. I can't stop what I'm doing. That's the significant difference that I want to get over. And that's what took me the longest to understand. Right. He knows how this hurts me. Yeah. He knows the impact it will have on the family. Mm. But he carries on doing it anyway. Mm. And there would be weekends where I would feel safe and we'd laugh and we'd watch films and we'd watch Netflix, one series after another. And the next night it would be, Friday night would be really, really good. Saturday night you'd be fine. Sunday night it would all change. Yeah, okay. And I think, where's this come from? He was fine on Friday. Mm. He was fine on, so I'm now monitoring you. Mm days of the week, I could have guessed at the time, probably, your mood and your actions based on which day of the week it was. Yeah, very how, interesting. How awful is that? But I was doing it automatically. And then Sunday night, out of the blue, no idea why you would go out. You'd either not come back, mm. which was just awful. Mm. I was so angry with you. Yeah. You just wouldn't come back home at all. And I'd be ringing you like an idiot. Are you okay? But you never answered the phone. The phone was switched off. So mm -hmm. it went straight to voicemail. In the early days, I would think it was because he's got no signal. Mm. How stupid was I? Mm. And I hated you for it. Mm. Those other things that you did where I was so lost and my thinking was so different, I became mad. I was in the madness. Okay sort of your own form of madness as a reaction, as a coping mechanism, as the impact of my madness. I was so annoyed that you didn't care. It was all about you. Mm. Mm. Every sentence began with the letter I. Mm. You were so selfish. Yes. I resented that as well. Of I course. resented you a lot. Of course. And even when you didn't drink, and there'd be a week or two when you didn't drink, mm -hmm. you'd be miserable. Yeah, it's such a complex situation. And what I mean by that is the complexity begins in my mind. I'll, I'll try and explain that. Yeah. So the situation is that, that I'm this man who's supposed to be successful and happy with a lovely wife and a family, but there is deep down an unhappiness and a, a being miserable. And I can't put my finger on that. And the concern sometimes is, am I mad? Am I, honestly, am I really mad? Am I somebody who should be locked up. And sometimes those were my fears. I never knew that. Mm, well, I wouldn't share those. No. Gosh, these are my deepest, darkest secrets okay. that I couldn't share with you. 
You yeah. can't go to your wife and say, I think I'm insane. I think I need to be locked up. Because there was once in my past that I was locked up um, in, in a, a mental institution. I'm laughing and I shouldn't be laughing. No, no, it was it, before my time and I shouldn't laugh. No, it's... it's but I would have agreed with you. If, if you'd have asked me at the time, I'd, yeah. I'd have agreed with you. And I think that there's a little bit of me that realises that that's true. So for me, in the madness is a mental state. Yes, it is. It's fueled by addiction. It only gets worse by taking drink and drugs and running away. So it's interesting that you were talking about Sunday nights because Monday I'd have to go back to work. Yeah, you would. Now, hold on. This is my company, my companies. I run the show. But I, I was unable really to go there and, and feel good about that. I remember. It had got out of control for me and it came with it pressure. And well, there was problems all the time. Yeah, there were The problems. minute you walked in, there was mm. problems. Yeah. Which is what probably happens a lot anyway. Yeah, with, with big businesses. You always used to say to me, uh, Spike, I'm spinning 10 plates. Yeah. And now somebody's just given me another five yeah. to spin. Yeah. And I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I used to feel so sorry for you. Mm. I used to say at one stage, no wonder he drinks. Mm. You know, over the years, that only gets worse. The, the businesses got bigger. The complexity got more. I got more sick. There's um, more hangers-on. Yeah, more hangers-on. Sorry on. to say that again, but yeah. they were everywhere. No, that's Give fine. Give me a job, lend me some money. Buy me a house. Mind you, I don't think anyone asked me to buy them a house, I just did. You, you would do it, yeah. Yeah. So I think for me, being in the madness... <laughs> Even saying those words. Uh, is, is bonkers. I know, I know. You know, I gave somebody a McLaren, <laughs> uh, I bought somebody a house, I had given cash away and lent people money. You wanted to please all the time. Mm. I want people to like me, you see. Because no. I hated myself so much that there was a need to be liked because I did despise myself and I was out of control. So there, that madness for me is a mental state, knowing that I'm broken, knowing that the smile on my face is an absolute bullshit smile. Yeah, I could tell when you used to fake this, because you, your eyes wouldn't move, mm. just your face would. Your eyes would have this sadness underneath. Interesting. Yeah. And then the real truth is you've got your castle with the outside the castle and sometimes you pull your drawbridge up and inside the castle. I'm also screwing that up. I've got this beautiful wife where everything should be right and it isn't and I know that that's the impact of my behaviours. But I can't stop. I don't know what to do. Just you saying I can't stop. I yeah. want to say, yes, you can. Yeah. Because I'm not the addict. No, no, it's, it's yes, great. Yes, you can stop. Why aren't you stopping? Yeah. Can I try and explain about that? Because it's a really fundamental point, I think, for lots of people to... And by the way, I'm not trying to explain it away. I'm not trying to say that everyone needs to agree. No, this is our story. Yeah, bless you. And I think I'm just trying to explain in a way that I can rationalise it. Mm. Because there's part of my journey that I need explanations for. I need to be able to put that on a shelf somewhere and be okay with it. Otherwise, I still wouldn't know. So I think this notion of being out of control and not being able to stop, okay, and that's for me, began with alcohol. It ended up that was out of control for cocaine and gambling as well. But let's, just look, at, let's just look at um, alcohol. Towards the end, it was out of control and I couldn't stop. And what I mean by that was that there were most of the time I couldn't go a day without drinking. It had become this crutch that when I was happy, I'd drink, and when I was sad, I'd drink, and I was pretty sad most of the time. Yeah, you sold it to me pretty well Yeah, today. I need a drink. I need got, a drink. He used to say, I need to take my brain out of my head. Yeah. Just to enjoy the evening with you. That's right. Let's stick Vikings on and watch Vikings. Yes. And I would have bottles of wine, bottles and bottles and bottles of wine. Because I probably feared feared tomorrow or whatever was going on in my and life. And you were really nice to me when you were getting your second and third and fourth bottle. 
maybe yeah. not getting your third or fourth bottle. But when you reached for your first bottle, you wanted my acceptance so of course. much. You'd come over. Sometimes you'd just be so stupidly obvious. You'd stroke my face and say, you all right? Mm. I'm just going to go and get a little glass. Yeah, is it okay if I uh, just have a little cheeky glass of wine? Knowing, I hate it. Knowing that I mean bottles. Okay, no, you're yeah. right. So there's this period at, towards the end where I'm out of control. There can't really be a day without alcohol. I've got no coping mechanism. And the other thing is that I know I can't have one, but I never wanted one anyway. Who the fuck drinks one drink? Me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I can have one. You do. Yeah, but an alcoholic of my type doesn't want one. No, not one of anything. And I think that's because you go through this sort of bell graph, which is the first one tastes nice, and the second one you begin to get a bit of a feeling, and you feel a bit woozy, and by the second bottle you're in a little period where you might be funnier, and you feel more relaxed and getting a bit stupid. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we did laugh a lot. And, but I couldn't stop in the, in the sort of happy-go-lucky period of drinking. No. And by the way, I'm not advising anyone to drink to get into the happy zone because it isn't a happy zone. We'll talk about that another day because there's consequences. Yeah. But then, of course, the more I drank, then I would get intolerant, argumentative, pick fights, oh, shout awful. and scream. That's what I remember. I'm getting annoyed now. Yeah. Why because it's going to, that's, because that that's how I felt. Not I don't know you. how many times I did that. That's probably a thousand times with you. If you think that, let's call it four or five years. Yeah, because I'm getting hot. I can feel myself getting annoyed. So 250 days a year, that's a thousand days that I put you through that. Some days were worse than others. Mm -hmm. I had very dark thoughts at one time. Mm. I don't blame you. I'm ashamed to say this, but it's true. You don't need to be ashamed. And this is why I say I was in the madness like you were. Mm -hmm. You'd had your fourth bottle of wine and our youngest mm. was crying upstairs. How old would she have been? Two, three? Oh. One, two? No, she was tiny. She was about six months. Oh, okay. Well, tiny. We have big babies, don't we? But <laughs> she was small enough, and it wasn't like her to cry, because she was always a good sleeper. Mm. Now, upstairs was our sanctuary. Not yours. Mm. Mine. Mm. The kids. That was our safe zone. Mm -hmm. That was where you kept the kids safe from me. I always kept them there, because thank goodness you only drank in the evenings. Mm -hmm. You only get drunk from nine o'clock onwards or mm. ten o'clock. Yeah. They were all in bed. Mm. So when I heard, like an alarm going off in the safe zone, you had the idea. I'll go, as he stumbles through the door. I'll go. And I'm completely pissed, am I? Completely pissed. Okay. I'm surprised I was awake then. And the rush, my heart came out. I thought, you're not going upstairs. Right. You are not going upstairs. Those children are all asleep, mm. apart from Sienna. Mm. But they're all asleep. You're not going upstairs. And you were arguing with me on the way to the staircase. Let me, I'll deal with it. What are you doing? You used to say, you used mm. to speak to me like a piece of shit. What are you doing? Leave me alone. Mm. It's like I was a dog. Mm. And, and, and I used to meet you at the same mm. level. Mm. And I'd say, probably not at the very beginning, I didn't want you to get angry. I'm just going to come up, that's what I said, just to see if she's okay. She might have been sick. Mm -hmm. you, you don't want to change all the sheets if she's been sick. Mm -hmm. Any excuse. And, oh, it was awful. You reached for her. You picked her up. Mm -hmm. I was shaking. And I thought, put her down, put her down. And I don't know how I managed to persuade you to hand her to me, but you did. Right. You were annoyed with me, but you handed her over to me. 
and you walked to the top of the stairs. Mm. I was so angry with you. Yeah. So I was at the top of the stairs. I said to you, go first. And I had a, an impulse to push you down. Did you? But you didn't. No, it was a thought. Mm. It didn't go any further. But my thinking was as mad as yours. Got you. I could just give him a little kick and he probably wouldn't do anything. I actually went on and thought about the different, you know... Permutations, yeah, the consequences. He, he could get up off the floor and say, what, what the fuck was that for? <laughs> it um, didn't work. It, no, so I never did anything. It mm. was just a thought, but they were... Dark thoughts. In two seconds, bang, 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 bang. Yeah. Don't you ever touch our daughter. Mm. Don't you ever go near the kids. Mm. And I wanted to separate me and the kids from you so much. Yeah. If you'd have said, I'm going to Australia for two years, it's a big project. Mm. Thank you, God. Mm. Thank you. He's going away. Mm. How bad was that? It's understandable. But that's the only time I ever had those feelings. Now, clearly, um, (gasps) we're not advocating that anyone goes and commits a crime. No, no, no. I'm just being dead honest here. And that's how I, that's what I thought at the time. I appreciate it. So that was your version of the madness, really, which were thoughts. This overriding desire as a mother to protect the children, and of course you. Against their own father. Against the guy who's insane and pissed. Absolutely. Untrustworthy, unreliable, irrational unpredictable and i'd have gone to any lengths yeah to protect i would okay i i I get that and i'm I'm glad that you shared that thank you i know not not that now you would do anything like that but but then my whole world i think you wanted to be part of that but i never at the beginning involved you no in that in our circle no okay thank you for explaining that so going back to the period of time where i was out of control my drinking was out of control um, for various reasons, but that's the way it manifested itself. Out of control, can't have one, can't stop. When I take one, I can't stop. No. And the other one is I, I, I just can't go a day or days without having more and more. No. But there was a period of time where I could stop. So there was a period of time that I recall where I could manage my drinking. Not when you were with me. No, no, gosh, no. We're talk- years before, probably. We're talking 30 years ago. Oh, right, okay. Okay, so when no. I left university, this is my first job. I'm 21. I'm a software engineer working for a company that, that I was working on missile systems. And as you do. As you do. I've got my first job. I think I'd only been working there 12 weeks. Mm. And I went in one Monday or Tuesday or whatever. And the boss said to me, David, can we have a word? And he said, I need to speak to you about your attendance. We've noticed you don't tend to turn up on Mondays. And if this carries on, you're going to lose your job. And I thought, shit. And that was all to do with drinking, by the way. That was... Massive drinking at the weekend because I'd left university. I was a big drinker at university, my first job. So I remember thinking then, right, I need to keep my job. Gosh, I've got to keep a job. Can you imagine the shame and embarrassment of losing your first job? So I had it in me then to not drink on a Sunday or during the week. It just meant that Fridays and Saturdays were a nightmare. So if you look at these bookends, there was a period of time at 21 where I could stop and control my drinking. And then there was a period of time where I was out of control. So somewhere along the line between those two dates, I've lost control. I can't put my finger on it, and there's probably no little point in trying to decide when it was, because that's irrelevant. The most important for me and for many alcoholics is to accept that it happened. I call it passing the Rubicon. Once you've passed the Rubicon, you ain't going back. No chance. 
Zero chance. But you probably couldn't remember either. No. Your memory's shocking. That's because I'm pissed all the time. Do you know how many seasons of box sets we've watched and you've no idea? Do you know, we we watch box sets again now and uh, I love it. I know. Because they're like brand new. I've never seen them before. I've seen them all. Idiot. In fact, we watched uh, Bird Box (laughs) a couple of nights ago. Yes. And I'm absolutely adamant we've never seen that before. We have. It was out in 2018, wasn't it? Yeah, we have. And that was when I was in the madness. Yes, yeah, you were. And that's not funny, really, because there's a lot of memories that I don't have. But we can laugh now. We can, and I think it's important. But when we were going through it, and I was in the madness as much as you were Mm. in terms of mindset, I never thought... We'd be able to talk. I always knew, I don't know how I knew, mm. I just had a feeling that you would always get sober. Mm. I believed that you'd always get sober. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realise how easy it would be to talk about it like this mm. on a show. Yeah. No idea. It was, I didn't tell everyone. No, of course not. Most of the people listening to this that know me personally would have no idea. Yeah. Oh, of course. Because it's not something I wanted to tell everyone about. You were just away a lot. You was working away a lot. And that's great excuse because you were, you were not there that often, yeah, which allowed me to yeah. breathe, to feel safe. Daddy's yeah. not going to come home, kids, for about three weeks. Mm. Sorry. Well, I think that's a nice place to stop this episode. I think this time has gone really quickly, but I think that we could talk about being in the madness an awful lot more. Perhaps uh, some listeners have got some questions uh, that they might want to send into us so you can dm us uh, on instagram uh, at the goldings.show or our website www.thegoldings.show okay thanks very much see you soon